Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of BIOS. Very excited because we have Pastor AC from Saddleback Church joining us. How are you doing, Pastor AC? I'm doing good. Doing good. Very nice. Saddleback Church under the direction of Rick Warren, one of the largest churches in the U.S., around 25,000 people, weekly attendance, 13 campuses here in Southern California, four globally. Is that hard to fathom, the reach that Saddleback has? It is. It is. Um, you know, the more, I think the more you are a part of it, the smaller it gets, it feels, until something happens. And then, you know, you, you notice, oh, wow, we are a global church. And so, but yeah, for the most part. But that's good. That's uh, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, it, I don't think it was the goal in the beginning in terms of the size of our church. Um, you know, if you know Pastor Rick, his heart is for people and you know just loving people right where he right where he is and pastor rick i mean his heart for people is on a global level that's what i would say his heart for people are on a global level so in one way yeah i i go man it's unbelievable that that we're you know overseas and as as in as large as we are here but then when you get to know pastor rick and his heart I mean, he loves people everywhere, no matter who you are or whatever, he loves you. And so uh, I would say it's a great depiction of his heart for people. Your role with the church has expanded far past what you had even imagined. And that's one of the things that I, I enjoyed hearing about your story. Yeah. Taking it way back, grew up in Detroit. Yep. Yep. Grew thought up. you'd be in the ministry? Um, I thought I would be in ministry. I grew up, I have a big family. And so my father, my grandfather and my grandmother had 15 kids. Wow. Um, my, on, my, um, on my dad's side, um, not so big, but still part of the church. Uh, and so I grew up in the church. Uh, most of my uncles are pastors. My aunts are in the ministry. My grandfather was a pastor. So I kind of was like, yeah, the road is leading. All roads lead to ministry. I didn't know what that looked like though. And to be honest, being younger, you kind of run from it. And you're like, well, everybody else is gonna be in that road. I don't really wanna be that. And I also saw a lot of what happens with pastors and behind the scenes, because my family's in it. And so it's definitely something that I didn't see, you know, didn't see coming mm -hmm. for sure. And you were out here in California, you worked for World Vision and getting involved with Saddleback it was a process really it's been it's been a process of trust faith totally well you know when my me and my wife came out here you know that whole process was was pretty crazy because we've been at our church forever i grew up at the church we were at um and um loved our church was a huge part of our church uh it was hard to leave actually Detroit because of our church and how um, connected we were and how tight we had a community there. So it was really tough to, to leave, but you know, things transpired. We knew it was God that was calling us uh, to leave. And so when we did come out here, um, ministry was the last thing on my mind in terms of, hey, I'm coming out here to be a pastor. That was not the case at all. Um, I knew I was wondering, okay, God, what do you wanna do with us out here? was definitely my question. Um, 
but pastor, none of this was in my in my ministry plan. Ministry was on the side in addition to whatever job exactly. you're doing. Ministry was something that I knew we'd be a part of because that's that's a part of who we are but never to the extent that we are in it right now. Um, and definitely not at the level that we are at now, um, which just humbles you to know that God has you know, put you in a place where he trusts you with, with so much. What was um, your goal? What was, the, what was the goal coming out here? What I saw myself doing and what I'm doing at Saddleback mm-hmm. is, is worlds apart. It's yeah. not even where I saw myself with kids. I just saw myself serving, but also with, um, and then working a full-time job, trying yeah. to, you know, make ends meet. And, mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants the big house and all the money and the nice cars, and you're looking for that. And I knew I had a huge heart to serve because I grew up in it. And so yeah. that was kind of like, that was what I saw in the future. Mm-hmm. And so when I felt like God was saying, no, you're going to serve different than what you think you the way you think you're going to serve i just thought it would be doing something different but the frame would still be the same where i'm just like trying to you know make as much money as i can so i can support my family and do as much ministry as i possibly can Um, and that Mm -hmm. all flipped upside down i feel like that's Uh, what a lot of people have they think do the ministry on the side and you know the bigger i can grow my business the more i can donate the more more time i'll have yeah that, and that's what my mind was at and didn't know that um, things would happen where I moved from there to uh, World Vision. That was kind of mm-hmm. like where I, where I uh, went next, which was great. And I thought, I think this is where this is the ministry piece. And it's, it's ministry and it's work. And I had never been in that type of environment. And I thought, this is what God wanted me to do. This is what he called me to do. This is why I came out to California. Uh, quickly realized that wasn't the case, um, but loved it. I loved, you know, working there. I learned a ton about ministry, about uh, churches and, and everything. Um, but, of course, we're serving as well. And so we were at Saddleback. We were actually mm-hmm. members of Saddleback. Um, and I was serving uh, with the high school ministry, and probably like a year in, um, out of the blue, I thought I was in trouble. The the high school pastor called me because I was mentoring like uh, 12 boys, and I thought I was in trouble. Like, what did I say? What is, you know, <laughs> did, I, did parents call in? Are they complaining about me? What happened? Um, and he was like, hey, man, let's go grab some coffee. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Oh, man, trying to think yeah. through. You know, what did, did I, I do? What yeah, did I say? Did I, did I quote a scripture wrong? Or, <laughs> you know, did, I, did I say some heresy or whatever? Sit down with him two seconds in. He goes, you ever thought about full-time ministry? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't. I'm, and he says that while my mind, I'm still trying to piece together why am I here, you know, Lord. Mm-hmm. And he says that and then... From there, it just kind of like God just began to go, here's where, here's where you're going to be, and made it very, 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 very clear, very, very clear to the point where um, um, pretty much what, I, what, what we needed to make the transition, he provided all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, down to the cent. Um, that was still with kids. 
right? That's always been your passion is to be able to do high school ministry, student ministry. Um, a part of it, I mean, I grew up, I, I started um, doing youth ministry back in Michigan. And mm -hmm. so um, God just, is, I've been always been able to just connect and had a heart for moms, um, you know, who, who had kids and she was single parent home. And so um, had a heart for that, coached a lot. And so just had a heart to be, um, to be there for kids in a way, of course, public school, you can't necessarily talk about the gospel or whatever, but knowing that they need someone as well. Mm -hmm. Like they need someone who cares for them the way Jesus cares for them. And so that I, that's what I tried to, tried to be and kind of, and really fell in love with that, fell in love with uh, serving families that that need Jesus but don't necessarily know they do mm -hmm. and 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 figuring out okay how can I serve them knowing that I can't go hey you need Jesus <laughs> you know <laughs> or let's all gather around how and do, you do a show Bible them study. without telling them yeah um, I think it's through our actions mm -hmm. you know I tried it I tried to um, n not necessarily um, be someone who's giving advice as much as someone that'll sit and listen. Someone that'll um, um, empathize with them from a standpoint of, um, I, I, wanna, I want you to know that I care about where you are in life right now. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't show that all the time by giving so much advice or telling them, you know, we're trying to tell them exactly what they need to do to get out of it. Some, I would say most of the time, I've, ex the way that I've tried to show that and even the way that I've experienced that in my life is when someone was willing to sit with me and listen to what was going on, not just, not just the words, but from my heart, like moments where you don't need people to say stuff. You just need to be, people to be around and be there and, be, and, and to listen um, and to be ready to give advice if needed. But for the most part, sit there and be able to empathize with them. So that gets you into Saddleback, but it's still not the role where you are, and you didn't think that you'd be where you are now until a challenge came from Rick. Yeah, definitely didn't think that I would be where I am um, right now, and I think that's another you know, testament from God. I'm def I definitely believe in the local church. Um, I come from the local church. I grew up in the local church. I think... Rick's heart for the local church, um, we match in that, that it beats the same for the local church. Mm -hmm. And so I love our expression of, of championing the local church, the church that is there when no one else can reach the community, the church can reach the community. I, uh, you know, our hearts beat the same for that. And so, um, you know, for my church, Saddleback, I was a member before I was on staff. You know, I was a, I was serving before I was on staff, uh, and so um, I I love all parts of our church and what it does and what we stand for, um, and so being in in youth ministry and you know working with students, it's not that much different working with adults in terms of what uh, you know what they go through, especially these days. You know, kids are are dealing with the same issues, the same things that adults are, are dealing with. But again, like you said, I definitely didn't think that this was, you know, where I would be for sure. Talk about the pressure that you face being 
the leader of a church, yeah. in ministry serving of a church, of trying to live righteously, that's hard for any Christian. Yeah. Is it harder as a pastor? Um, I would say yeah. I would say yeah. Um, I think, <clears throat> of course, just as a believer, and I think that's, you know, for me, it's really... When I try and go, I need to, because I'm a pastor, I have to, I think I get in trouble, right? Because then I, be, I begin to do things based on a title, and it no longer becomes life. It no longer becomes a part of who I am. It becomes this off-to-the-side pastor. So because I'm a pastor, I can't do this. Now, of course, there are certain things, but to go, because I'm a pastor, you know, it's going to be harder for me. So, you know, I need to make sure that I A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, I think what I've tried to do is take that away and go, I'm a believer uh, in Christ. I'm a Christian. Um, and because of that, I want to follow Christ. And because I want to follow Christ, because I get to follow Christ, and here's what he um, here's what he calls us to do. That's my call to to want to live the way that I live, to want to do the things that I want to do, not because I'm a pastor. I want to treat people right because Jesus calls me to treat people right as a believer. I want to uh, do what's right because Jesus calls me to do what's right as a believer, regardless to whether I'm a pastor or not. I think I, I would say, yeah, you do feel, you got that title and you feel like the added pressure comes because you got that title. But it's something that I have to reject and go, it's not about the titles because I am a believer. Um, I need to continue to grow in Christ, just like everybody else. The mm -hmm. title doesn't give me a fast pass to, to uh, maturity, spiritual maturity. I have to grow just like everybody else learning, uh, reading my Bible, going to church, fellowshipping, being with other believers, um, having people that are sharpening me, uh, having people that are pouring into me um, spiritually, um, as well as having pe pe people to hold me accountable mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't, you know, that, that title doesn't, uh, that title doesn't uh, give me more rights or more freedom to skip some of those things than other believers. And I think that's where, the, that's where you can get in trouble with the added pressure. You're talking about you know, iron sharpens iron. And as a pastor, one of the main goals is obviously impacting the lives of others. Be honest, is it draining? Oh, and totally. How, how do you overcome that? How do you get refilled? Um, and not get, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Not, I, don't want, I want to take a break. Yeah. How do you get over that? Um, <clears throat> that's, a good, that's a good question. And it, yeah, it, it is because you constantly have people, um, people wanting you to pray, wanting you to speak into their life. You know, you, you're constantly bearing the burdens of others. Um, and it does get heavy and draining and, and all of the above. Um, I think, you know, for me... Um, for me, there's, there's a few ways that I, you know, refill. One is, you know, I'm only able to give out what, what I'm taking in myself. 
Um, and so my quiet time with the Lord, my you know time where I'm talking to Him and um, being refreshed by you know either either worship or um, listening to podcasts or, or 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 reading my Bible, you know, in those kind of ways is one. And then the other way is is um, we kind of talked about this. Pastor Rick talked about this uh, not too long ago about rest. Mm -hmm. You know, he talked about you know we're in that series and he talked about rest and i mean that's a weekly thing that's needed like I it's not selfish to do that no you need no, to take care of yourself all. in order to give to others uh, not at all and you need it like you need you need rest being in ministry you need rest and so that those that's a way to to um to to kind of like feel me and that comes in different forms sometimes it comes in a nap you know, sometimes it comes in a game of golf when I can. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it comes with just hanging with my family and my kids and we're having fun and being silly and goofy and, and all of that. Um, but it is something you got to take seriously, you know, rest and being rejuvenated because it is draining. People are, <laughs> people, the ministry can drain you because there is a lot to do. So. What motivates you in looking at in looking at what you've done in life, starting in Detroit, getting to where you are now, which you didn't think you'd be where you are? Yeah. What motivates you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's a few things motivates me. Um, my family motivates me. You know, my kids. Um, you know. Them wanting to, me wanting to, uh, you know, help them grow to be um, Christ followers and love God and and want to live for Him, you know, that motivates me. Um, uh, helping other people, you know, motivates me as well. Like I feel like, um, you know, people have, the people that have spoken into my life. You know, and the people that have helped me when I need it the most, whether it was course correcting some things in my life and or whether it was them uh, helping me achieve some of the goals that I wanted to, you know, achieve. Um, being that person for other people, you know, it may sound cheesy, but, you know, being that person for, you know, other people um, is a motivation. It's it's. To me, it's like, it's that giving back to, hey, you know, I didn't get to where I am on my own. Neither will anyone else. And so I can either, um, you know, just stay trying to get higher or I can go, hey, where can, you know, God, how can you use me to lift somebody else up? How can you use me to help somebody else get to where they want to be or where they want to go? And so, um yeah. Have you had enough instances in life where you had planned something or thought something was going to go a different way and obviously God had a different plan that yeah. you look at the future differently? Oh, totally. Totally. But the the, you know, the nervousness, the the anxiety, the man, is this going to work? Is this mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't ever go away. Um I think Sometimes more, I would say, uh, um, more than not, well, I would 
hope more than not, I'm able to redirect those feelings so they don't paralyze me. Um, but for sure, those those feelings are anytime you come up against a challenge or you're, you know, I have to go, okay, God, you had me before. <laughs> I need you to have me again, you know. Uh, and and so that's that's a constant. But I think that's a good thing because um, it's a great practice that I believe sometimes God, it's why God allows things to happen um, and doesn't always just jump in and fix everything is because you get to, you get to do that. You get to go, God, you helped me before. I need to rely on you to help me again. Um, and it's this going back to God and not going, um, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can move this mountain. And I'm going, no. When I try and move the mountain, uh, I end up making a mess, right? Um, when God moves the mountain, he moves it the way that I wish it would be moved. I just don't know it yet. A lot of people have those plans in life where they, you know, oh, where am I going to be in a year, in two years, in five years, in 10 years? And when things don't work, then they maybe get upset or they get let down or they get stressed. Yeah. What advice do you have for them in just living with faith? Yeah. Um, man, I would say trusting God is something that, um, man, it's something that, that is, uh, I'll put it this way, um, learning to trust God is having to trust God. Um, you're going to be in situations to trust God, and that grows your trust. Um, and, and so no matter what you're, you know, you're facing or you're going through, um, you can turn those tests into, or, or I would say, you know, one of the reasons that we have those tests, one of the reasons God's allow those and he doesn't step in is because we, we have the ability to turn those around for our benefit. So it may be something that looks negative and bad, but we can turn those around for our benefit by trusting God and going, I'm going to trust God with this situation. I've been laid off before, right? Um, and I've had to go, hey, either I'm going to worry and I'm going to, you know, go crazy or start doing things that I shouldn't be doing because I'm worried about this and that and that. Or I'm just going to trust God and I'm going to definitely do my due diligence, but I'm going to trust God with this. I'm going to trust that um, even though this looks bad, he has the ability to make good come out of it. Um, and I think anybody that's going through situations where you know, they're facing that brick wall and it looks like it can't be torn down. Trust God in those moments. Again, you know, you, there's nothing you can do about it, right? And so we trust God with it and we watch him work out, work it out as we begin to trust him and forget about the fact that we, what, what we think we can do to make it better. We just trust God with it. And, and I think it sounds easier than it is. <laughs> just, um, just a little bit. <laughs> but, but the idea is, is that simple. You know, for me, I've always been a person who like, um, you know, and I, sometimes I get in trouble with this with my wife because we're kind of polar opposites in this. 
where I can something can happen and I'm ready to move on to the next because I don't want to waste energy kind of mulling over something that's not going to work out or not going to move and I'd rather just go um, I'm just going to trust God with it because I'd rather exert energy elsewhere than uh, mm -hmm. exert it you know kind of looking at this thing that I know there's nothing I can do about it if God doesn't do it it doesn't get done um, but I've learned he brought me to those that place many 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 times and even when I think like uh, I've arrived no nope. no I haven't arrived anywhere um, it's a continued the, message of faith those those continual moments continue to push me to trust him um, and and gives me a heart of gratitude that I had the opportunity to do that, you know. And I know, one thing I know for sure, that when those moments come and I have to put my trust in Him, He's working. So that gives me a sense of hope that God's here. It doesn't look like it because what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. Um, but because of that, I have the opportunity to trust Him. So something's going on. He's here. He's working. Um, and so... I think that answers your question. <laughs> or I think that's a great message of faith that a lot of people need to hear, especially today when, yeah. you know, again, they're trying to control everything. And so to hear it from someone who is a church leader, who's someone, you know, a lot of people put on a pedestal, to be real with us, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that will help a lot of people grow. Thank you yeah. for joining us for this episode. Hopefully you guys learned something be able to maybe relieve a little stress in your life just by having a little more faith. I know yeah. it sounds easy as we talked about, but if you want to learn more about Saddleback, a lot of campuses if you're in LA, otherwise they can yeah. tune in online. Yeah, online, the whole deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. For sure, man. We'll see you next time.